Curtain Radio. In the studio and joining us right now is um, from Curtin University. Uh, we have uh, the Dean of Global Futures, Professor Joe Siracusa. Good afternoon to you, Joe. Good afternoon. I have to get you closer to the microphone, okay, Joe. Sure. <laughs> You've right. been doing this for years. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> Thank you very much indeed for joining us down here today because this is another big event that we are wanting to tell everybody about. It was uh, this month, wasn't it? Uh, a students, the university students attended um, a town hall event. Yes. Um, well, I've been on staff here for about three months and my my boss the pro vice chancellor humanity said you know we want to start uh, introducing intellectual content into the residential colleges as part of this uh, living and learning uh, uh, movement that he saw in the united states when yeah. he was a dean down there and so um uh, uni lodge let me in the door uh, I must say, I had to knock three or four times before they'd <laughs> open the door. And uh, we had a bunch of serious students there the other night, and I got uh, people from the West, Go- West Australian government to come out and talk about um, this AUKUS uh, uh, deal. Now, yeah, which is that? Tell us about well, that. Well, AUKUS is more than about uh, buying submarines. The, the Morrison government, then followed by the Albanese government, agreed with the Americans and the British to spend between 260 and 368 billion dollars over several generations uh, producing submarines and being part of this um, defense network, this deterrence network, mm-hmm. and, and which uh, allows Australia to get involved in nuclear propulsion and all kinds of things. Now, see, the interesting thing about AUKUS is, is that uh, it's this massive endeavor and for right now, there is no technology, skills, or workforce that exists. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's all in play. And there'll be thousands of people coming from different places. WA is going to be central to it, as a matter of Could fact. Say, yeah. And I think because Australian universities are think tanks, you know, they provide food for thought, whether it's science or humanities, etc. I think we should play a leading role. Now, a lot of academics don't like anything that has to do with war. This has got nothing to do with war. That's prevention of. This is, this is the, the opposite of yeah, war. Yeah. Now, I, I just want to tell your audience that between 1940 and 1996, uh, the, the, the second highest expenditure in American life were nuclear weapons and nuclear weapons programs. So Americans paid. The ordinary Americans paid a lot of money to maintain the peace during the Cold War. Yeah. And when the Cold War folded over in 1991, that was the peace dividend. You know, we didn't blow ourselves up. It's the same thing now. Australia makes this huge commitment. And, you know, when I was a kid, uh, uh, John Kennedy got on television and said, we're going to go to the moon and back this decade. Mm-hmm. And we're going to bring back the astronauts alive. And at the same time, uh, we were involved uh, in a couple, within a couple of years in this war in Vietnam. So, you know, you can have worlds, you can have messy problems, plus you can have great ideas too. Yeah. At the same time. Same time. Absolutely right. So, the, your students that were attending, they were looking at career paths, were they? Yes, they were. In That's, this program? I, I, I wanted to get them involved in the discussion it's more you know it wasn't just a q and a it was kind of a deep dive yeah and i wanted to get students not only from humanities but sciences and other things yeah to to see what they have to contribute to the narrative most people don't know what AUKUS is it no is, no no we we're just learning might be about a it one-off deal it's more than about eight nuclear submarines it's about uh, uh, joining the high table it's about entering this new world of quantum physics and all the rest of it and you know when we went to the moon uh, one, one of the things uh, we started enjoying were the spin-offs from going to the that's moon that's right yeah you technology know, when, and everything when you, yeah. when you when your pen didn't 
burn yeah. after an egg and bacon. That comes from going to the moon. So, so I tried to explain to them that there are all these things. Now, at the end of the night, we took a vote whether AUKUS is a good deal, a good thing or a bad thing. And the vote was, uh, I think, 34 to 3. Okay. So most of the kids thought it was a great idea. Yeah. And, and I think because a lot of money's coming through uh, WA that Curtin is perfectly positioned to help people find these careers, whether it's in electronics or IT or in uh, the sea or whether it's uh, it's got to do with uh, uh, engines, etc. When I was recently at the Avalon Air Show, I was at an exhibit at Lockheed and in the Lockheed... Uh, Exhibit. They had 35 Australian manufacturers who had all manufactured a a, a key part of the F-35 engine. Right. And yeah. so what people do is, don't understand, is that nations like Australia can p- be provide boutique manufacturing for these great these great machines, <laughs> and, and which have kind of dual use and other kinds of use. So we're looking at a lot of career opportunities, aren't we? Oh, we're, we're looking for... This is the next gold rush. Yeah, This okay. is the next gold rush as My far gosh. as I can. How far away are we from this? Are we looking at having courses here at Curtin University? Well, we're, we're thinking about how to approach it. Yep, okay. Uh, and, you know, right now, it's not just about providing courses on nuclear propulsion and that kind of thing. Though, you know, one of the other problems is... Uh, where the hell are you going to find these submariners, you know? Australian... Uh, Good Australians point. Uh, traditionally fail the psychology test to work on submarines they don't want to be underwater well i saw a documentary on the you know the prospect of the nuclear submarines and by gee they put up a good story i mean they stay underwater for so much longer um they have got so many advantages haven't they well yeah i mean back in the day when i used to visit nuclear subs in brisbane when i was at university of queensland i go out to fisherman's wharf and see all these nuclear subs coming in from America and I, I asked this one sailor one night I said well, what do you do when you're underwater for six months yeah, he good said point. you watch a lot of movies and eat a lot of colored popcorn <laughs> I often have wondered that myself that's so, a long time underwater isn't it's it it's a lot of popcorn and a, and a lot of movies as a matter of fact and very close quarters with each other as but, well you know these are the elite but you know up until the point where we actually uh, launch these ships there'll be uh, uh, people working with American and British submariners etc and you know one of the things I was trying to point out on the night is that in a way there is a revolution that's been going on for 20 years and not many people have picked it up except the armed forces it's called interoperability Mm. Australians that work interoperability with the Americans and NATO and other people and now we're getting to the point where it's interchangeable. Yeah. We're going to have Australian sailors on American or British sailors. It's come to the fore. It's compromised, it's, it's, isn't it? That's right. And, yeah. you know, and uh, this is a story that uh, has been going around for years that Australia has to choose between Beijing and Washington. <laughs> well, let me tell you, they've already chosen. Yeah. You know, they've chosen Washington. Yeah, they're, they're not going down the road with Beijing. No, no. I tell you what, it's an incredibly interesting conversation that we're having with you today, Joe. Thank you very much. But we'll just clear this break. If anyone has a question for you, sure. 9484 I'm talking to Professor Joe Siracusa. We're talking about, uh, what was the court again? AUKUS. AUKUS, that's it. I think of AUKUS Wales. That's right. <laughs> now, if we are vulnerable, which we are this country, we're very big, we have wide open coastlines, that sort of thing, are we concerned and we pushing this ahead <coughs> fairly quickly, I think it seems, because we're concerned about China these days? Well, yeah, it's, it's about China now. It's about Chinese influence. The fact that the uh, 
Chinese have used the Belt and Road, which is just a series of soft loans around the world. The Chinese are trying to get into the Solomons and New Guinea and places like that to, to make the uh, uh, the uh, a potential attack on Australia a little shorter. You know, yeah. Australia doesn't have to go to them; they can come to them. And so Australia worries a little bit about this. But um, you know, we like to point out that AUKUS isn't aimed at anyone in particular. It, it's a defensive measure. Yeah, that's right. It's about deterrence, and deterrence is real simple. Mm-hmm. It's fear of reprisal. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have a proper deterrence, your enemy is going to think this is not the day to start the war. Well, think about it tomorrow. That's exactly what it is about, and and, and hopefully, being defensive and showing that we do have the situation that we could respond, I suppose, will keep wars out of our lives. I mean, we've had wars going since time began. Oh, yes. I mean, um, not only have we had wars for the last 70,000 years, in my lifetime, and I was born in 44, there hasn't been a minute in my life where we haven't been at war with somebody. We don't learn, do we? Oh, not only do we not learn, we get worse at it. We do, because we've got powerful weapons and that sort of thing. I mean, it's all about power, borders, religion, isn't it? Well, yeah, and, and ideology. Yeah. I mean, people got an Culture. idea and they want to carry it. And, and, of course, the other thing, too, is that uh, we've got 193 nations out there, and they all go their own way. Yeah, I mean, Australia's not giving up its sovereignty to, to be part of Britain and the United States. It's kind of like uh, a, a reiteration of the ANZUS Treaty from 1951, where Australia was, uh, its, its future was guaranteed by the British, the way it was, um, by the Americans, the way it had been formally guaranteed by the British. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got Australia, you got a small nation in the Southwest Pacific, in an area that's, uh, it's growing three times Australia's population every year. Yeah. And so Australia has to figure out ways to, to, to do this. And you know, your, your listeners should listen to this because I know the Broome was attacked in the Second World yeah. War and, and, and places in, in, Darwin. Uh, in Darwin and places mm-hmm. like that. And that your, 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 your minister for foreign affairs, what they called external affairs in those days, Her, Herbert Evett, said to somebody in Washington, and that he was sure that Australia only had one month to live. Really? I mean, this place... When was that said? He said that in in March 1942. Okay. Mm. And and so, you know, Australia has been on the edge, and it's part of the DNA. Very true. We've got a caller. Hello, Keith. Hello, Jenny. Go ahead. Um, a question. Mm-hmm. Um, we're to pay uh, something like... Uh, $370 billion for this program. And out of that, we get something like 10 submarines. So that's something like $37 billion a submarine. The US Navy actually pays $1.7 billion for each of its nuclear submarines. What the heck are we doing? Yeah, I'm glad you, glad you asked that. I, know, I did that too. I, I, when we don't seem to have enough money to run our hospitals properly. Yeah, yeah I, I, I agree with you. But look, this is... Um, more than buying eight to ten submarines. This is about uh, uh, kicking into place uh, technology skills in a workforce that don't exist. It's about creating whole layers of um, uh, of people, uh, new industries, etc. It's not just about uh, this buying these machines. You know, you can buy these things off the shelf. You know, in many many ways, you could have Australia could have easily have bought the French uh, submarine. Probably got. Fifty percent of the same coverage they're trying to get today, and you're right. These uh, these American subs they, they cost uh, I think relatively little. 
uh, as a per unit thing, and it's, they got a lot more to build. And of course, Australia's going to have to wait in line. They're going to have to uh, get some used submarines, and they'll be using British submarines, and they'll be making their own submarines. And you're right, um, it, it's a major commitment. It's in a, it's an intergenerational. And lo- I like to say to people. If the next generation doesn't like it, if there isn't enough uh, money around for social uh, uh, safety networks, then Australia could change its mind, you know? Hmm. (laughs) No one's coming to the door to collect this money. You know, Australia's trying to make a statement here, and it was a very bold statement. And, of course, when uh, Scott Morrison approached the British and Boris Johnson about uh, would anyone be interested in a deal like this, uh, I think no one was more surprised than Scott Morrison when the Americans agreed. Yeah. What what do you reckon, Keith? Oh, it sounds an awful like we, we're propping up the American uh, military economy. Oh, we have to look, at uh, our, look after our own borders too, don't we? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yes. Americans spend um, too much on this seeing, stuff. Seeing as Barry uh, said I'm the only one to ring up, uh, or may I be cheeky and ask a couple more questions? Yeah, go quickly ahead. Yeah, go on. Um, what are we actually going to achieve with these uh, eight or ten submarines? Well... I think I mean, by we, 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 who, who, we, who is who is the war going to be with? Is China? Well, if China wanted to punch us on the nose, um, all I got to do is turn off the trade. They don't have to. They don't have to launch a single missile or sail a single ship or do anything. Okay. All I got to do is turn it off at the border. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you see now. Hang you, on, just a sec, Keith. Go ahead, Joe. You're hitting on the very solution. The fact that China can choke Australia's sea lanes, these, these kinds of ships prevent exactly that from happening. They keep the, sh- the sea lanes open. You're right, Australia can be strangled in, in the crib. There's no doubt about it. You know, it can be shut off. Mm. It could uh, lose all of its oxygen by closing these sea lanes. I mean, the, the notional enemy, of course, here is China. Uh, I'm old enough, and you're probably old enough to remember, you know, used to be Nazi Germany, Imperial Japan, and for our, our yeah. grandparents, it was... Uh, it was um, uh, Berlin in 1914 and all the rest of it. Uh, Australia's gonna always had to worry about problems. The thing is, if you don't think about defending yourself, that is, you, whoever the enemy might Get be, prepared, yeah. then if you're not prepared, you're not going to have to worry about it after yeah, a while yeah. because someone's going to solve it for you. Yeah. And as um, Henry Kissinger likes to, used to say to the Turks, don't expect America to be more interested in your defense than you are yourself. Yeah. And Americans are all about, you know, if uh, they want to see people... Uh, pull their own way? I mean, if, if Australians don't make an effort to defend themselves, why should anybody else? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Just one more quick question, Keith. I've got another caller. Well, the big problem that we've had with the Australian Navy is for some time. Uh, you actually uh, touched on this at the, at the beginning of your uh, um, interview, uh, and that is uh, the, the Navy has an awful difficulty uh, getting enough crew to run the submarines it already has. Um, will they ever have enough crew? Maybe, maybe these submarines, when they're purchased, maybe they'll have to be crewed by foreign crews, American crews or British crews or whatever. Joe t- uh, touched on this a little earlier. Go ahead, Joe. I think in the yeah. beginning, in the beginning, these are going to be mixed crews, and I think uh, it's going to be very hard to uh, uh, educate the next generation of Australians to serve. Uh, below the water you're quite right you know yeah, i spent yeah. many years in queensland and those kids there they didn't want to get in a submarine for six months at a go i mean <laughs> people like the sunlight you're right it's hard work but it's also an elite service yeah. you know these guys they are 
the last um, the last bullet fired in a war. I mean, these are the guys that that, that keep the the wolves off the door. Whether yeah. it's um, the Virginia mind. class or the Collins class, okay. I mean, people fear these. We've got a couple of calls coming through. Keith, thank you very much for ringing through. We'll just go to Bill. Hello, Bill. Yes, sir. Uh, Joe, is it? Yes, it is, Bill. Uh, sir, I just want to put a couple of points to you. I I got your enthusiasm, but just a couple of points. I left school at 14, went back to Britain. Like a lot of people in your country went to Canada, a lot of music was anti-war. You made a point about uh, uh, Mr. Kennedy uh, saying put men on the moon. Well, that was lies because it was, uh, you mentioned them, that, that was German Nazis, Ernest von Braun. He took the vengeance weapons and they kept them locked up in a place called Huntersville. And sorry about your view of Vietnam and all that. But I can't think of a war since uh, Korea that America's actually got right because uh, they said the, the domino theory, I like numbers, God, son, he knows nothing about war, nor should he. But there's just one point. The domino theory was the idea that Vietnamese going to take the, re- or communists take the rest of the world off. They had no interest in anybody, even their Chinese neighbours. America just went there to back the Japanese, uh, sorry, to back the, the Catholic uh, French Indochina who'd helped the Japanese in the war and they helped sink a ship, British ship called the POW and they got an air base there and they became POW. So sorry, sir, I'm not actually over impressed with your enthusiasm, but they're just a few facts. You <laughs> might just check up on who put the man on the moon. All right. Uh, okay. Good okay. on you, Bill. Thank you for your comment. That was fine. Hello, Patrick. All right. G'day. How are you going? Good. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, um, sounds like we all agree that war is a terrible idea and whilst I admit that it's been going on a long time China's not been actually involved in any wars really that are colonial they've stayed within their borders for 5,000 years, I mean you can argue that Taiwan but um, they're they're encircled in US military bases from Kazakhstan to Guam Philippines, Australia and uh, we're getting all upset that they're taking a defensive stance and actually, I mean, Medicare is going down, you know, I can't see that we can justify the expense to go along with uh, really an American desire to be the big dog. I mean, um, I don't really fear China as the big dog personally. Like, um, I think of all the wars that have been going on in my life, China, I mean, it's not being China, it's the United States. I mean, I, I, I feel sorry for Tibet, right? But I feel sorry for the First Nations people of this country and of the United States and everywhere, you know. But, I mean, stuff happens. But we, don't, we don't help it by going and sticking our finger in and uh, playing bully games trying to tell China what to do because it crushes in an instant. Mm. Nine submarines do nothing. Well, l- let's hope that we will be the absolute opposite. But, Patrick, thank you very much for your information on that one. Ian, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jenny, and uh, thank you for your... Uh, opportunity to speak here. Um, Pleasure. Uh, Joe, uh, I, I'm going to herald exactly what the previous two callers made the comment about, is um, China has threatened no one, and America has been involved in so many wars, uh, we can't even remember how many, and I understand that since about 1990, about 10 million people have died at the hands of American weaponry uh, in various wars around the world. Now, uh, Australia follows blindly. Um, because we are worried that we don't have a nuclear umbrella. Now, what you, could you tell me how a submarine, uh, a submarine force is going to protect Australia when it's been touted as being an, uh, an outbound expeditionary weapon 
to protect Taiwan. Why are we dreaming of this? This is nonsense. Yeah, I, 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 I well understand your question. And look, I, I think the, the threat of the Chinese has been exaggerated. I don't think we're going to go to war over Taiwan. I think that deal was uh, was settled in my lifetime by President Nixon and, jo- and, 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 and Chairman Mao in 1972 when they agreed to uh, let Taiwan go its own way as long as it didn't declare independence and as long as the Chinese didn't beat them up. So I, I think this, this threat about China and Taiwan, I, I think... It's uh, misleading. On the other hand, I think uh, the Chinese threat to freedom of navigation in the South China Sea, which is three and a half million square miles of natural gas, oil, and fisheries, I think that could uh, probably lead to serious problems. I think the big problem in the world today is uh, how do we control... uh, uh, Russia with its uh, 4,000 nuclear, strategic nuclear weapons. Uh, it's far more concerning to me than what's going on in China. But you're right. I think mm-hmm. people are looking to China as, as a threat around the corner. And, you know, if we want to be cynical about it, the Chinese want to conquer Australia. All they have to do is buy it. They don't have to yeah, invade good it. Point. <laughs> that's a very good point. Look, Ian, thank you very much indeed. We appreciate everyone that's uh, rung through today to give their opinion on all of that. And uh, it is a controversial discussion, isn't it? I mean, it'll always be... People will be against the thought of war or being seen as a warmonger in any way. Well, well, yeah, and and you know, uh, these are all good questions. I mean, Australia, in the time I've been here, has been in lockstep with the United States, with the exception of just a little bit of war. Uh, Gough Whitlam for a minute, he was going to go his own way, and then the Labour Party just swung around uh, back to supporting the ANZUS Treaty. And look, the ANZUS Treaty is an insurance policy, and sometimes Australians pay a premium on it, like they did in the Vietnam War and the Gulf Wars. And uh, they want to keep the Americans on side. On the other hand, we may have a president one day, like the next Donald Trump, or Donald Trump, who says, you know, I don't believe in these uh, binding commitments to come to the aid of other people. I mean, do we really want to give up Chicago for Sydney? I mean, I come from Chicago. I'd give you Cleveland. I wouldn't <laughs> give you Chicago. <laughs> and I like Sydney and Melbourne. But uh, you're right. These are uh, very serious questions. And look, no one's more anti-war than I am. I, mean, my, I was born during the at the end of the Second World War. My generation paid for Korea and for the Vietnam War and we lost a lot of people I think for nothing sometimes and and you're right America fights a lot of wars it can't win and you're right And, and, and this debate you know there's no question no criticism you can raise about America that Americans haven't raised themselves. They have, true. And, and you know, and they, they, and we get a lot of governments that tend to ignore most Americans, but I'll tell you, at the end of the day, you ignore the people at your own peril. Very interesting discussion. And just finally, when will this all start to get underway, Joe? Well, it's starting right now. The federal government, I think, is pulling up between 6 and $8 billion to uh, shore up um, uh, the Sterling base here and to create the foundation. And now they got to start finding people. There are going to be uh, hundreds of Americans and British coming in on these other submarines. And you know what? They're bringing their families with them. My goodness, And they have to go to university and grade school. And I keep thinking, you know, with thousands of people are going to be showing up in the greater Perth area in the next couple of years. And I'm thinking, oh if you've got a housing crisis yeah, just now, where the hell are you going to put everybody? I mean, I'd be building housing for people right now. I mean, that's the other problem. And it's the migration plan as well. That's right. And uh, all the locals, yeah, trying, finding it difficult. But it is an interesting prospect, and we're seeing it in our lifetime again, aren't we? 
Oh, it's not going away. It's just, uh, yeah. it's like Banquo's ghost. It just keeps coming back. It sure does, Joe. Look, it's lovely to meet up with you. Thank okay. you so much Anytime. indeed. Anytime. Very, Anytime. very much appreciated. Thank you for joining us today. Radio.